Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. Thank you for joining me again this week. I'm actually still down. I'm recording multiple episodes in the uh, down here in Florida at the Heat Shield Summit. And I got so many great minds uh, around me and great guys that uh, you're going to hear this well after the convention's over. But uh, today I'm super excited about interviewing a really a newly close friend of mine, Steve Trumbull. And um, we have a funny story together about how we met, but then we became super fast friends and we've been on a lot of diving trips together and his his wife and family and my wife and family are just, we're like two peas in a pod when we go places and we're just enjoying, you know, sometimes in life it's hard to find new friends. Like, I know I have a lot of old friends that I'm really dear with, but new friends, you know, they, they don't, you don't bond with them as much as you get older for some reason. But me and Steve and Lindsay and Terry and my kids and have have really bonded and a lot of it is around you know something adventurous like scuba diving and we might get into talking about that but with that said welcome steve thanks mark yeah happy to be here man yeah glad you're here so so steve you know let's just talk about kind of how we met because i think it it, it really i think there's some lessons in this for people who um who are because i didn't know steve and um instantly there was this guy who who was coming right at me with a very specific intention, and I could see it in his eyes. And just talk about that, why you did that and and what your thought process was. Yeah, yeah. So the the first time I ever saw you was at the Portland NCSG convention, yeah. oh, and God. you remember how that started? <laughs> that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare, and and so I got to see you under some pressure, and yeah. you know, like it was like I felt like I was meeting a celebrity for the first time <laughs> in the hallway, and I saw you, and I'm like, all right, this is my chance. I'm gonna go talk to him, you know. And I went, you know, skittishly came and shook your hand, and and you you immediately started like pouring into me like it it was instant you didn't know who I, you didn't know anything about me and you immediately started saying things to try to help me and make yeah. me better yeah. and i knew at that time that i'm like i need to i need to know this guy i need to get to know him better i i want to be around that kind of energy you know and um so some time went by and I was kind of working on getting my master sweep certification. And one of the things um, was a ropes class. And I think there was a couple different options for it, but one of them was in Nashville. Yeah. And I booked it specifically for an opportunity to come down and, and see you and, yeah. you know, see your shop, but mostly just see you and, and maybe get to hang out with you for a couple minutes. And, what had happened is I, I showed up and I did the ropes class and, and you weren't even supposed to be at the shop and the universe just like brought it together. <laughs> Cause all of a sudden you were there, I got to hang out with you and you were just like, I told you that my wife was coming to town that evening and you're like, Oh, you want to have dinner? And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got on the phone with my wife. I'm like, honey, we're going to go have dinner at Mark and Terry's house. Like, this is crazy. And she's like, what? Oh my God, I'm not ready. You know? <laughs> 
It was so cool, man. And then we end up going like paragliding. We spent the whole weekend together. Yeah, it was you know? just this. I had an open weekend. You guys were there. You were adventurous, dude. You had already planned on paragliding yes. or something. Yep. And you had tickets already. I did. Yeah. It was a gift. The same place. That's right. The same like, place. That's dude, right. The stars aligned. So, yeah. um, and the rest is kind of history, man. I mean, well, you know, um, you know how when you meet people, like you, you just kind of know if it's going to click or not, right. and that's how we felt about you guys. And um, and my wife just bonded to your wife. She's yeah. like, she, you know, and Lindsay's so personal, but she, um, she's like, I, why do all the best people not live close right. to me? Why, why do they all have to come in from so far away? But man, so you know, you to that, you know, to. To think about that, you you had a reason. You're like, I want to be around that person. And I did something very similar with Larry Wingett. I had read his books. I knew him. I'd watched him. And I'm like, whatever, if I can be around him, I right. think it'll help me. Yeah. And and it did. And, and to your point, I think being intentional on mentorship, leadership, even relationships, just waiting for somebody to blow by in your life, right. may, maybe they will. But I remember when I met John Meredith and, you know, he's a mentor of mine. And I did, I wasn't necessarily super impressed with John right off the bat. Right. He was kind of, he wouldn't look at me when he was talking and he was kind of, he was in a, uh, like a trade show booth. And I didn't, I'm like, is this guy, is this guy for real? Like what, what's going on? <laughs> and it wasn't long when he finally, you know, he didn't have so many distractions. I'm right. like, oh man, this guy. This guy's got some answers to some questions, right. you know. Absolutely, and that—that's I didn't feel that way about you. It was opposite. It was yeah. I knew like immediately that, mm -hmm. wow, like this guy, this guy's something special. And and I had heard about you, and heard about you, and heard about you through the industry, yeah. you know. And I mean, it definitely you you did it justice. Well, let's talk about then when you came. You kind of came through my blue collar university yep. and. You know, you had you bought the business from another guy, right? Or kind how of, did that work? Kind of, yeah. So I I had worked for a guy for like a year, and then went off on my own and started oh, okay. my own business for a couple of years, and then he died. Right. So to kind of help his family, you know, because he had two younger kids, and I I bought the name and and the trucks, oh, you know, to try to mm -hmm. to help, you know, and. And I thought it would be a good opportunity as well. You know, it turned out not the case. You know, <laughs> a classic e-myth. He created a job yeah. and all of the employees wanted this, you know, 48-year-old guy with all these certifications. And they didn't want a 20-something-year-old kid. That, oh, wow. And so, I, you know. So, I, how long ago was that? This was 2009. Okay. Ish, right yeah. around there. And so, you know, I lost a majority of the customer's that that he had acquired over the years mm -hmm. and a lot has changed since then and i dropped the name it was a terrible name and oh really yeah it was a different name so you had one name you switched to another name and then you picked a whole nother name Correct. or went back to your right. first name no oh, i picked, picked a whole nother name to me doctor yeah. so yeah. the um and it's been that for since 2012 i think okay yeah so you started just you or did you start yeah. with family or anything? My little brother helped me. Oh, your little brother? Yeah, on the mm -hmm. weekends. that, Or not on the weekends, during the summers, rebuilding chimneys. Where are you now? What right size? now we have 23 employees, 24 employees. Yeah. So we've come a long ways. Yeah. So that, what, so 
when you grow like this, what has been, what do you, why do you grow? What's been the biggest challenges? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm driven by helping people. Um, I've always been, I've always been driven by helping people. I, I've, I, I, it's a lot like you. Maybe that's why we get along so well. You yeah. know, I, the, the bigger I can get, the more people I can help, the more thing, you know, the yeah. more of a difference I can make. And I've never been a money motivated person. I've always been a, an emotionally motivated person by, you know, I'm very, I, at least I think I'm very extroverted, you yeah. know, I've had some alone time on this trip <laughs> and, and it does a little good and a little bad, you know, sure. I mean, there's this feeling of loneliness, you know, where I'm like, why the heck am I sitting in my room? You know, so I go out and find somebody, you know, yeah. but, um, I lost my train of thought, but well, why you do it and, and, and how you grow it. Right. I mean, the, that's my why, you know, is to, to try to get as big as I can so I can make as big of a difference as I can. How I grow it is very painfully and wrong. <laughs> I've screwed up just about everything you can screw up, I think. Um, but with your help, you know, I mean, you've definitely been my biggest cheerleader along the way. And like, you know, when everything's hitting the fan, you know. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things I think that I watch you do that is inspiring is that you have no fear to reach out and ask questions like you seek counsel. And that's always one of the wisest things you can do is to reach out, seek counsel. And then for me, most importantly, you act on it. Mm -hmm. Like whatever information you're going to get, you're going to do something with it. It's not like I'm speaking, you know, whenever I, we talk, it's like speaking into a black hole or something. Mm -hmm. You're not just asking questions and finding a way. You're literally asking questions, and I can guarantee in the next 30 days, whatever you ask about is going to be implemented or tried or, you know. And is that just how you're wired, or did you learn that? I just value your opinion a lot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the main things, and, like, the – and, yeah, I, I'll give it a shot. You know, I'll give everything a shot, and I – it must just be how I'm wired, you know? Well, like the very first, one of our first um, things is I showed you how to sell outside mount caps. Yeah. And I, not kidding, the next week, you just blew it up and blew it up and blew it up. And we were like, who is this Steve Trumbull guy? <laughs> and then naturally, you started your own fabrication shop right. to supply your sales. Like, right. You have a when you see something, you're you're laser focused. Yeah, when it when it makes sense, it makes sense, and I I went all in, and I'm still all in. Yeah, you know, but I mean, I think part of it too was a, a little bit of like wanting to impress you, or like you know, having like you know, like you want to look, you want to play good in front of your dad, you know, yeah. you want to like, yeah. I mean, you showed me this, and and I mean, it, it was. It was a life changing experience coming and visiting your shop and it yeah. and learning that stuff and the way it the the light switched on in my mind was insane. Like I'd never seen like it. We were just blown away by what you could do. And again, when you believe in something, you make it happen. And you know, it's funny when you say that. It's one of the reasons I 
focus on the saver systems things because John helped me. Right. John, John helped me, and I'm like, you know what? If he's going to help me and pour into me and believe in me, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best I can. Right. So he's like proud of me, and, and so Absolutely. I know what you just said really rings true to me. Yeah. I, I get that feeling. And- that's how I felt. Yeah. That, that is, that was a, at least a part of it. You yeah. know, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this guy proud. Like yeah. I'm going to make him happy that he spent the time to, to pour into me. Cause you did, you know, yeah. you did not have to. Well, I love it because again, that's the payoff for me too. Right. right? It's just to see, wow, that really helped that person in that family. And then ideally the community and, and right. your kids and your employees, like, you put this knowledge out there, and yeah, a lot of people don't do anything with it. We just spoke at an event for three days, and half the room won't do anything different when they go back. But there's half of that room probably going to do something. Right. And some of those people are going to do a lot. Yeah. And that's exciting to me is just what can happen. But when you when you take this stuff back, what's been your biggest challenge growing the company? Has it been, has it been you know, the processes has it been people has it been you know mistakes you've made like what's been the biggest hurdle yeah i mean the lack of processes i mean it has been a really big hurdle for me people and the way that i've dealt with people in the past has been a super big hurdle for me i very much have a spongebob stoner pants (laughs) side to me that's brutal it's tough man it's really hard because like like i said like i'm not very money driven and I've realized that I need to start becoming more money driven. And, and I've heard people talk about, know your numbers, know your numbers, know your numbers. Still don't really know my numbers that well. You know, I have people in my company that do and people in my company that pay attention to it. But it just, um, I, the biggest challenges I've had were hiring the wrong people, the wrong ways for the wrong reasons, you know, and the biggest changes I've made in the last couple of years are, in that because it all starts with the people and it, yep. it ends with the people, you know, you know, I've been to your place. You have some great people, yeah. some really world-class team members around you. And, um, and it, it takes a lot to culture. And sometimes you lose them and they come back. And sometimes, yep. you know, in the journey you have, you have that time, but you, you've built a good culture and, uh, you know, what are some of the things you do for your employees? Like I've, I've seen you do some really fun stuff with them. Yeah. I mean, one, one of the things we, we do is a annual ice fishing tournament, which is super <laughs> cool and very Minnesotan, you know, um, that's fun. We, we go canoeing, we take them up to, to our yep. cabin and we go canoeing and we did a big lobster boil last year, Yeah, that kind of thing. But I think probably the biggest thing that I do for my employees, I just love on them, you know? Yeah. I just lo- I like, and most of them, you know, and their feedback is just like, man, when Steve's here, it's just, you know, I bring an energy, you know, and I'm, I bring an energy to the room, you know, for my company. Like that, yeah. that's, that's my biggest assignment. I feel like is yeah. to be because the culture is me. You know, and it it eventually will, you know, change and whatever. But like your culture at your company, it all it stems from you. It does. You know, you sur- you end up once you figure it out and you start surrounding yourself with the people that fit in that. Yeah. Then it, you know, it flourishes and it is flourishing. You know, we get well, some bad ones once in a while. Of but, course. 
Well, I mean, you're, you know, the other side of you that I really love watching is you're very entrepreneurial. Yeah. You're always looking for another business idea or a tweak on your business or additional services. So you, you quickly jumped into Metal Fab when it made sense. You were looking at restaurants when it made sense. You were looking at, you just started HVAC when it made sense. Like you're very, um, it seems like you have a low, uh, you're not really afraid of much. Not anymore. I'm not. I guess I never really have been, you yeah. know, until more recent things that are happening to me. I can tell you this. But, you're not yeah. afraid when you drive a sports car. <laughs> right. You're not afraid at all. Well, once you crash something, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a car. That's a business. A yeah. I mean, it's like, I know now. I know that I can do this again. I know that if everything went down, I can sell stuff. You know, I can get out in the field and I love people. I love working with customers. I love taking care of people, you know, so I know that I could rebuild it again if I had to. So it takes a little bit of the fear away. I think that's so key. I think you've just hit on something that if people have never started something from the outside, they're scared to start. But once what you just said to me, I know if all else fails, I know I know what the bottom looks like. Right. And I'm not really afraid of that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But if all else fails, I know exactly how to do this again and do it the right way. And I think that gives you a confidence in almost anything you start. Right. That you know what failure and pain looks like and you're not afraid of it. Right. I mean, that is such a big fear is what keeps everybody back. Right. And when you're not afraid of stuff, it's not that you want to. You got a family, you got bills, right. you got real responsibilities, but internally, you know, you can, you got a big shovel too. Right. Yeah. You got a damn big shovel. Yeah. And I can start digging if I have to, you know, and, and I mean, we're, we're, there's some, there's volatility in everything, you know, you never know where it's going to go. But when you have a, you have been burned and you have kind of, you know, been buried alive and busted out of that. So, you know, we've talked also about, you know, your dad being, you know, he was in the restaurant business before, but now he's like in your business. And I think it's so cool. I wish I would, I had a little bit of time to work with my dad and I get to work with my daughter now in the chocolate company. And I just, in, in my metal fab, my metal manager works with his son. And I just, what's it like working with your dad and actually seeing him evolve as a, as a man, what's that like? It's awesome, man. It's, it's, it's when I was younger, I worked for him in the restaurant business and that sucked. (laughs) I mean, my dad is very different now than he was when I was, uh, you know, a teenager. I mean, I was like 12 years old when I used to wash dishes for the restaurant, but he had a bad temper and you know, that the restaurant industry is just stressful in general, but so for a long, my dad wanted to work with me for a long time. And I'm like, there's no way, you know, like there's no way I remember what it was like, you know, like it was tough. And then, you know, I, I finally kind of caved and, and it's been such a, such an amazing journey. And, you know, the, just how blessed I am to be able to work with not only my dad, but my sister, my sister's oh, right. kind of a fractional CFO for the company. And, if it wasn't for that, I don't know that I'd ever get to see her. She lives just far enough away, you know, and I get to see them both regularly. And my dad is such a big part of my life. Like I get to see him every morning. I get to see him all day long. And our relationship has never been better. And I don't, he's, he's like, your biggest fan dude. too, man. I mean, he, 
it's neat to see your dad cheer you on, right. be proud of you. Like, it's a cool relationship. And to know that it came from, it really him evolving as a, you know, we all have our journey, right? right. And for him to come full circle. Now, what is his role in your company? He, right now, he's actually working in marketing and sales. So, yeah. I mean, he started with a metal fabrication company mm-hmm. doing sales and kind of worked into more of like a marketing yeah. slash sales position. So. Yeah. Um, so, what's next for you? What, what's your plan? What do you want to do? Man, um, we're going to keep growing. I mean, we got some big goals for the, the years to come. The HVAC company is brand new. We're, we're getting that all dialed in. It's taken a lot of money and a lot of um, time and focus trying to divvy up my time between the two is difficult you know yeah. and that's that's kind of waned a little bit on our culture side and our company like I feel like some of the people f- kind of feel abandoned you know like I don't sure. I don't get as much of you as I used to sure. you know that kind of thing so that's that's been a tough balance but we have a lot of things in the hopper. The HVAC thing is something that we're really excited about doing. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Me and Steve kind of start our HVAC businesses in the same. We're both new at it. And we're both trying to figure out. So I think that's an exciting journey. Yeah. I was in chimney business a long time, so I could kind of show the ropes. But in HVAC, I don't know anything. Right. So uh, we're learning it together. So we'll, we'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> but And we're doing the same thing. I mean, we are now searching for mentors and searching for those ahead of us. And we're going to go follow them and know what their secret sauce is and then come back and apply it. Like, this is a rinse and repeat kind of thing. I did it with chocolate. I went to the best chocolate schools, chocolate mentors, rinse, repeat. And if, if there's anybody in this business, in, in any business, listen to this podcast, that is how you fast track success. Get behind somebody that has done it and follow them till you can't. Right. You know, until you diverge or you don't believe them or you pass them up. Right. And rinse and repeat. I yeah. mean, the, and the main thing is is uh, also, you know, integrate what you learned. Yeah. So the next part to me is always interesting is family life. You right. have got a so such a cool family. <laughs> and I loved, and I even talked about your family on a podcast before, how I saw... Just a love, just deep home life love, which is one, a lot of people don't have it. Right. A lot of people don't grow up with a father that is there and mm-hmm. present and mom. And uh, and now you've got a new baby. Yeah. Talk about home life. It's, I, um, well, I don't even know where to start. I love my family. My, I, my wife is the best wife in she is she is the best i mean she's she is so supportive yeah she's she always she's she is my biggest cheerleader yeah. you know and and she's always there for me she's always she she works her butt off day and night you know and um so i can't give enough credit to her in in this journey because when i met her man I was a mess, like a mess. I I would pay my phone bill when it got disconnected. You know, I I wouldn't even fold laundry. I wouldn't even put stuff away. I didn't own a mop. I, it was a disaster. And she came in and just kind of 
took me under her wing. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, you got some growing up to do. I was a bachelor living by myself, you know. I remember when, you know, you guys came through Blue Collar and I asked her specifically because, you know, we're just trying to get a feeling. I'm like, you know, what do you want for you when I ask her that? Right. And I don't know if you remember what happened. Oh, but yeah. She got super quiet. Right. And she started to tear up, actually, because... She wants to see you. Her her life is seen is being right there with you. Right. Not necessarily cutting the wind and not being out front, but being right tucked in right behind you and running. And that was a super, you know, she's like, I don't really think like that. You know, right. I think more like the team. You right. know, I don't think about what I want. Yeah. That was really amazing. It is, and it's not that she's not independent, you know. No, no, she's, she's a independent very independent hell. woman. Oh, oh yeah. But she She's just, she is so supportive and she is such a hard worker, man. Yeah. It is crazy. She makes me look bad. And I, you know, I, and I'm a workaholic, you know, like she, she, she does, works man. all day and she stays up till one o'clock in the morning doing dishes and laundry and gets four hours of sleep and does it all over again. Like now she doesn't work. Does she work in the business? I know at one she point does. She, she did. stopped for a while and she's back now. Oh, just, she is. Yeah. Helping out. Cause she really thrives at that. She's it, probably the best customer service person I've ever listened to before. It's incredible. She is. My girls in my office love her. Yeah. And, and she's only met them a couple times, and they always talk about the girl with the bangs. When's she coming back? <laughs> and uh, so how do you balance the, the, the dad thing? You've got all these right. businesses. You've got all these people. You've got all these pressures. How do you balance the dad part? I, one of the main things I do is when I get home, I shut everything else off. It doesn't matter how tired I am or how, you know, beat up I am or how badly I want to go to bed, you know, take a couple breaths in the car and I turn on dad, yeah. you know, and I come in and I'm high-fiving and hugging and kissing oh, and loving, so cool. you know, and, and I try to keep that up as, you know, until we get them down to bed and then I can, you know, chill with Lindsay for a little bit and go to bed myself because I'm exhausted, yeah. you know, I mean, um, but that's one thing that I'm strict about. Like if I'm on the phone with you and all of a sudden my kids see me out the window, I'm hanging up the phone with you. Like I will shut it off. That's, that's the most important thing to me. And, um, but it's hard. It is hard. You know, it's, it's very challenging, especially with my, my oldest son, Trey, that's 15. I've had a lot of trouble with that. And it's like, it's hard being, you know, going from work where I I feel like I have control and I feel like I got everything, everything's going so good. And then I'm at home. It's like this mess with this 15 year old. That's just, he is me. <laughs> and that's what makes it so hard. It's like, I know how this is going to end. You know, I don't even know why I'm trying. Like, this is, he ain't going to listen. Like, he's going to, he knows that he knows everything. And, you know, I'm doing my best with it but i didn't i had you know only partial custody of him from basically when he was born until he until about a year and a half ago oh so and then i a year and a half ago i got full-time custody of him basically is once his mom totally threw in the towel yes she's like okay now you can take him you know i'm like i've been asking you for this (laughs) since he was one you know like that's exactly what happened to me i got my son right at uh i got my son at 12 my daughter at 15 Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. They've already <laughs> been through, and there's some retraining that has to happen. Yeah. But also, that's the hardest time. They, You need them to be independent. You want them to right. question you a bit, 
but also be respectful. That's a hard line. Right. And uh, that so that's been a that's been a challenge for sure. Is know? there any chance he would work in the business or pick I don't up know. the trade? I don't know. You know, I'm not necessarily planning on it or anticipating sure. it, but I'm sure he's gonna come try. Yeah. You know? I yeah, mean yeah. come be a you know, mud mixer or something. Yeah. Get out there and get after it in the summers. I think it helps. I think it's, yeah. it, it also humbles them a little bit to see what you do. Right. And then other people respect you. Like, he's probably not used to seeing that. And then all of a sudden, right. oh, dad's, dad's the boss. <laughs> oh, oh, this is why dad's like this. And this is why he says this. And this is why he wants me to do that. You know, it's like a... I know my son, when he worked with me, he, he learned a lot. And every time he came back from college and he saw all the guys that, you know, that work with me and how I am with them... It gave him a different. I it's, bet it's not dad anymore. It's like right. my brother when I he's always my little brother right. until I saw Colonel Stoner. <laughs> when I saw Colonel Stoner yeah. up front, well, at the time I was seeing he was Lieutenant Colonel in front of all of his people and who he had in his command and what he had in his command. I'm like, oh my god, and and not to that level, but your your right. kids see dad in right. a different way. I believe it. Yeah. So on uh, on the plan, we're about out of time, but on what you want to do, I, you know, when I met with you, I said, you have got such a huge opportunity in front of you and you're a fast paced guy. What's your plan right now? We got a little bit of a unsure economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a slight softening of our business yep. in your mind. What? What do you want, what do you think's going to happen and what will you do about it? Um I don't know what's going to happen. I I think it's already happening. You know, I I I'm seeing the change. I'm I'm listening to the change throughout our industry for sure and other industries. It's not just us. I'm seeing all the other HVAC companies are ads coming up out of the woodwork you never seen before. So they're hurting too, you know, but my goal is just batting down the hatches, you know, we're not hiring right now. I mean, we're always hiring, but we're not actively hiring. We're not actively doing anything. We're just going to kind of regroup pinch pennies as much as we can, you know, not spend money where we don't have to spend money. And really, you know, I've been asking you what I should do, you know, and your advice has been great. Just looking inward on our existing customers and really going after the people that already love us and already trust us. And, that's some of the things that I've taken away from here is just the marketing side of it. You know, yeah. I know that you've, you've always been a marketing guy. I'm not necessarily, I don't think I, I think I can be, you know, but yeah. I'm not in general. Um, but I think I understand the way people think in the, you know, and I'm good at good enough at sales. So, I mean, that's something that I'm starting to get into is the marketing side of it. Yeah. Cause we've never marketed our company and since I've started. Yeah. This is the first time we've ever had to market, which is awesome. It's a blessing, but I yeah. at the same time it's kind of a shocker. Right. Cuz you're kind of just used to, you know, everything being great, you know, and like the phone just rings and you get booked the job and you sell it and you do it and now it's like, "Whoa, we got a lot of crews." Yeah. And Tell me this again. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when you see and I talked about it today at the thing is like the best companies have a lot of marketing out there. You know the big companies in your area. Yep. And we know other guys that when they market, they they really market. And they're the big companies. Right. So why wouldn't we take a note out of that and 
and really step up our marketing game to get the message out there. Because also, whenever you market in your area, yes, it helps you, but it helps the whole industry. You yeah. know, in my area, when I market, there's a bunch of other chimney companies that get our second opinions, yeah. that, that that get calls when we don't. We didn't pick up the phone or they forgot who it was they marketed. Like, everybody wins by marketing. Ideally, the people spending the money right. make the most money. But uh, I'm a big fan of it. And, and I talked about this before, but in a downtime, the last thing you cut is marketing. If there's right. anything you... You know, you might want to cut out marketing that you don't think is working, but you better focus more money on the things that do work for sure. Yeah. But, you know, you were the one too. that podcast I did a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what to do on a downturn came from your question and the research. And I have to tell you, those that are listening, I had probably five or six companies reach out to me and say, hey, I played this for my whole company. This was so timely, and, and people talked about it on, on uh, social media, too, because it, it helped a lot of people. Yeah. So when you when you talk, I listen to yeah. you know, Chris Tomlin, <laughs> yeah. who, was, who was our last week's guest. In real time, he was here just a few minutes ago. Right. But, um, you know, that's because of you. You yeah. said, hey, and, you know, I think we listen to each other and respect yeah. each other. I'm gonna, I do want to close with something else, though. I realize it. Scuba diving. I'm right. going to talk about that for a second. Yeah. So me and Steve... Really, really got to know each other last year on a scuba dive trip to Belize. Or was that two years ago? Two years ago. Dang, that's fast. So we went there for a week, and Steve and Lindsay had just gotten newly certified. And honestly, it was the scuba dive trip of a lifetime for my lifetime so far. The week was perfect. I mean, it wasn't. It was just... Absolutely. The, Everything about it was perfect. Every the water, the the guides, the the wildlife, the everything we saw. It was just the food we ate. It it couldn't have been better. Yep. And we knew it when it was happening. We kept saying yep. we we just we weren't taking it for granted. We were taking every day and being very present. And it was awesome. Yep. But we just went on another diving trip that was a very different experience for you. Yeah. And I. You know, we talk about fear and we talk about things that jump up in our lives. And I, I, t- I said before that when my wife became scuba certified, I it was one of the first times or one of the most real times where I ever saw somebody afraid for their life. Yeah. Like literally, we're in the same thing. And scuba diving can bring that out in you. It's in that environment that things come out. And... You had an experience that you'd never had before in something that you were previously totally comfortable with, but that one dive. Right. Can you, you mind talking about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the it was our first dive, our first dive for this trip, and everything was fine. Got all loaded up, got in the water, and I started down the mooring line and got to the bottom, and out of nowhere, I started feeling this, like, overwhelming feeling that something was wrong and and no, it, nothing had triggered it nothing had been different nothing had happened i just got down there and i'm like whoa 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 well like what is going on why do i feel like this oh my god i'm gonna like i'm gonna freak out i'm gonna freak out like i'm just like i'm looking up and down i'm like i gotta go up i got i was like just panic like it was absolutely terrifying i felt like i would like I was going to die, but I yeah. didn't know. I didn't. It, it was so crazy because it it was for no reason at all. I, nothing had changed. Nothing had happened. And so I went up. You know, I slowly started going up. I found the dive master. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. 
something's going on. I need to get out of the water. Like, and I went up and I sat in the boat and I, we had 20 something successful dives in Belize. Like I never had a moment of insecurity, never had a moment. And I've never had anxiety in my life. I've never had anything like that. I've never been panicked. I've really not scared of anything, you know, right. I've skydived, I fast cars, yeah. motorcycles, like paraglide. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Paraglide, nothing bothers me. And this came out of nowhere and it hit me like a brick to the head. Like it like rocked my world. I could see it. like I, I had never experienced anything like it. So that's what happened. I don't know what happened, but that, you know, I panicked. I had a panic attack underwater and, the rest of the trip was trying to well, get over it. A couple things, too. You said, you know, you said, dude, I don't know, but my brain just melted down, and now I understand. Like, talk about that, because you said, you know, you've heard Lindsay or other people have anxiety, and you're like, well, just get over it, or there's dude. nothing to worry about. And you realize at that moment that that's actually not, that doesn't help. No, not at all. Like... I have such a different respect for people that deal with anxiety and that deal with that kind of yeah mental uh, right. And my brain. wife, my wife deals with this stuff. And up until now, I'm just like, what do you mean? Let's just no, let's just crank the tunes or something, you know? Like, let's I don't know, like like just get over it. Like, let's not be like that because that's kind of dumb, and you're, you're bringing me down. You know, like yeah, yeah. I swear, like I because I didn't understand it doesn't make any sense. It, From yeah. the outside looking in, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. We're just sitting there having a great night, and she is overwhelmed and panicky. Like, after this happened, man, it was like, holy moly. Like, the brain is a powerful, powerful thing. The way I felt when I was under there was completely irreversible for the moment. There's nothing that anybody could have done or said to change the way I was feeling. And I was just, like, petrified. Right. Freaked out. Like, yeah. and everybody that knows me that is probably going to hear this is not going to be able to believe that happened to me. Because I'm just not like that. You yeah. know? Stuff just doesn't bother me like that. So, yes, I have a completely different respect. You know, if I could say anything, like, it is legit and it is no joke. Anxiety yeah. is no joke and... Of course, I'm, you know, was in a situation that is potentially deadly or dangerous, yeah. you know, but it's no different. Anxiety and stress and panic is nuts, man. Well, our friend Alan Rush, you know, he's he's talked about it. He, he really started having a lot of anxiety last night at dinner. And then today he had to speak, but that wasn't it. He said, you know, he has a, a vertigo, too, and vertigo yeah. brings on this panic. He just he's had to learn to deal with. He cannot get over and I feel so sorry for the guy and um you know you watch it happen and then like for you though what what was interesting to me was I said man I've had something like it happen I've been very scared in the water jumped in and got really anxious but then I just kind of kept going to get over it right and in this case you had the added pressure of one you're here for a week that's all we're planning on doing. <laughs> right. And we're like, dude, we're diving. Right. I don't know if you're going to sit on the beach, but we're diving. And right. you you kept trying every day. And the next time, I was hoping it would just be cured. Right. But it wasn't. Right. It was still 98% there. Right. You got a little further. I can't do it. Talk about 
what you think was important about getting back on that horse or, you know, exposure type therapy. Right. I think that, I mean, there, there's a, there's a, there was a lot of different pressures for me to like, I mean, my body's natural instinct was no, like, don't do that again. That was stupid. You know, like that was a bad thing. Like, you know, like, and I, number one, I love diving (laughs) and I love the opportunity to go to beautiful Caribbean islands and, you know, spend time with you guys. And, you know, so there's all those pressures and I'm just, I knew that this is something I can get through. You know, I, I knew that I, I had to get back down there and, and, you know, through the guidance of the, all of the, the dive masters were like, dude, it happens. Yep. This happens. This happens to divers that have dove a thousand times. Yep. So that was super reassuring to me. Like, okay. I'm not, you know, my brain, I'm not broken. My brain is not, didn't all of a sudden is just like afraid of water. Cause I wasn't afraid of anything in particular. It was just a sensation right. of overwhelming sensation that something wasn't right. Something was bad. Yeah. yeah. So I started finding creative ways under the water <laughs> to overcome it and it was working. So, you know, I was doing like scales, like. Singing scales. Singing scales like, no, 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 no. And, uh, and it was hilarious. Lindsay actually that. heard me doing it underwater. I'm not kidding. It worked. It did. It worked. So I just do it a little bit and it would go away. And it would start creeping back a little bit. And then, you know, and I know that the more it'll, it'll eventually get better and better and yeah. better. And hopefully something in my mind will realize, like, dude, it's all good. Chill. Everything's okay. Yeah. You know? It was so interesting that you... You kept saying, I need something that takes my mind off of this. I need an activity. I need right. something to do. Like in Belize, there was so much. It was one, more clear, and yeah. two, warmer, three, a lot more life. It was just different. Yeah. This was a totally different experience. But you found what I really love about your story and respect so much is that you didn't quit. You kept coming. You're like, I'm going to figure it out. I've got, And you found a coping mechanism, right. <laughs> a tool yeah. to get down there. And, you know, you said it wasn't totally gone by right. the end, but you learned a way to manage it. And hopefully next time we jump in, it's gone. But I just watching you deal with that, I, you, I never make, to me, I've learned that through watching other people that, Fear in your brain when it does that. Even watch my dad with dementia. You can, you don't judge people when they're right. going through that. If it's PTSD, anxiety, some other brain issue, like man, just try to be there for them and help them work it through. But the things that don't help is just get over it or just don't worry about that. You know, right. tell them somebody to stop is like. <laughs> stupid but it, it but if you've never if you've never felt it it doesn't make any sense right. to you when my dad was going through dementia i'm like no dad that this we've already said this you know like right. it, you get so frustrated yeah. but until you until you have grace until you understand it and you have understanding is is what people need you Dude, know and, i get it now <laughs> i get it i mean it, it's crazy how the world works you know and maybe that was just Something that made me a little bit more understanding and empathetic to people in the world. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know why it happened to me. Yeah. And I'm not happy that it happened to me. But the other <laughs> side of it is like, it's no joke, man. It's no joke. It is no joke. You yeah. need to be respectful and you need to respect the people that are going through it and yeah. give them what they need. Yeah. You know, not what you think they need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because Or dismiss it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. I, that meant yeah, a lot. Absolutely, and that man. was, uh, I think that can help people because we all, we all need understanding of each other. Yeah. This, this life thing's kind of tough sometimes. Right. <laughs> so, all right, buddy. Love yeah, you, brother. Love Appreciate you. you. Thank Appreciate you. It. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.